wrenches, and welcome to the Wrench Turners Podcast, 10 Mill Mastery Edition. I'm your host, Mr. Joshua Taylor, founder and CEO of WrenchTurners.online, a business providing content, training, and digital products for service leaders and mechanics everywhere. In this series, Marshall Sheldon, Russell Wickham, Richard Mueller, and I discuss the important topics and challenges that are relevant to today's technicians. Today, we talk about how we would help our team be more professional. Let's get into it. Uh, yeah. Um, Russell's post earlier in the week, or was it, no, was it last week? Hey, I realize I'm cutting right back in after five seconds of Richard talking, but the post he's referencing image, I'll make sure that it's in the post on LinkedIn and it's in the post on the streaming services. You guys can go back and read it to understand the contextual information of Richard's question going forward. Um, and it kind of put me on this path and I've had a couple of, uh, I got two of my service providers got dinged on CSI because of it too. Um, how do I help my team build the mindset um, to clean up after themselves? Like, you know, wipe engine bays down, wash their, wash their work area down, you know, clean their tools before they put them away, overall appearance, that type of stuff. I know, um, Russell's post from last week about, um, you know, where he tucked his shirt in and he wears a belt like that, that really rung home to me. And I need to, I know myself, I need to step up to the plate and, uh, and change my appearance to, to suit that. I mean, I already, I'm pretty meticulous. Like my tools might be on my bench during the day, but they go, they get cleaned off and go in the box at night. Uh, my, my work bays are pretty meticulous. I put specialty tools away. Um, but it just drives me nuts when I go to look for a specialty tool. They haven't checked, my technicians haven't checked it out. You know, it's sitting on a bench somewhere and I'm going, it's, I'm losing time because I'm looking for a tool. And I'm just wondering like what your guys' practices are or what, what you guys do to kind of instill that into your, your coworkers or your team. Like, how do you, how do you get them to start, you know, Caring about their appearance, caring about you know the vehicle that's in their face. Like I said, we got hit on two CSIs, and and one was, you know, technician left a greasy handprint on my fender. And I'm like, something as simple as that is possibly going to lose out uh, on my service advisors. Possibly going to hit her pay enough where you know she loses out on a bonus because CSI gets hit from it. Right? That's my question. Yeah. So. There's there's a couple of questions in there, and if we've got if we've got everybody's got time, and once once Marshall jumps back in here because it looks like it just kicked him out. Um, I think there's like three questions in there. Um, let's see, let's get Marshall back in here. Do 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 do. do. Fill this in with weird music along the bottom as it streams. Da 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 da. da. Um. What I heard when uh, Richard was asking his question was, uh, how do I help my team uh, build a mindset to be more professional? Um, that's just kind of uh, how I interpreted that. Um, and I know like uh, since I'm training apprentices all the time, 
Um, what I do with my apprentices is um, I just start them off hard in the paint with a, uh, a professional uh, attitude and a professional look. So we know like in a dealer environment uh, that our customers have an expectation of what we look like uh, already in their minds when they, when they arrive to the dealer. So, uh, and let's be honest, the dealership prices are, are, are pretty high. Um, and, uh, they want to feel, um, like they're in a, a, a special place to get their vehicle worked on, you know, uh, a high level place to get their vehicle worked on. So, um, you know, they, their expectations are, uh, the, uh, a clean uniform and tucked in shirts and, uh, you know, we're professionals. So, um, Russell, that when I read that post, um, it inspired me to also, uh, tighten myself up a little bit because, uh, that next morning I came into the shop and I had my apprentices and I called them to a quick, uh, little group chat and, uh, and just reinstilled, uh, the thoughts that we need to make sure we're wearing our belts and our shirts tucked in because honestly we do a pretty good job of of keeping each other tight on that because we're we work at a customer's location so um we are with our customer all day every day 45 hours a week um and so i got them together and i said hey uh we're gonna have to tighten up because our uh customer has an expectation of what we are like and uh what we look like and how we act and what we do and it's a it's of a high level professionalism and uh we set the tone for the their technicians that also work next to us side by side in the shop and um what i noticed uh with us since we are embedded at a customer location is that when we are working at a high level a high professional level we'll say um and our looks and attitude that they their fleet mechanics also take more pride in how they look um because it just absorbs the the other technicians around you they absorb that and uh i i can't really uh explain it kind of creates a a buzzword culture um because they they those fleet technicians want to they aspire to be working at a higher level and so they see us working quickly and diligently and smart and um they look up to that and i feel like uh the junior technicians see russell with his uh tucked in shirt and his beard cleaned up and his tight haircut and they aspire to also be like that because whether we realize it or not as as senior mechanics those junior technicians, they're looking to us. So my roundabout answer to your question, uh, Richard, is um, we can set a good example. Leading by example. Yeah. I, I I think Russell doesn't almost doesn't even need to respond to this one because th that contextual post is, is almost an answer in itself, leading by example. No matter whether it's five years in the trade or 25 years in the trade, I think I think it's our responsibility within the trade, and I guess I'm going uh, now, but I think it's our responsibility in the trade to be representative of what we want the trade to be. 
it's one thing to complain. It's another thing to provide solutions for the complaint, not just complain. I think Russell did that eloquently in that moment. If we want, if we want even our peers, not necessarily young folks coming into the trade, but if we want our peers to increase and, and do better for themselves and we want more cars in the dealership and we want more trucks in the lot and we want more trucks out in the field to fix. If we want to get paid more of that higher ticket labor dollars per hour, like Marshall mentioned, we're not going to do that when we're wearing t-shirt and jeans and flip-flops out in the, the shop floor or out in the field. And believe me, I've seen flip-flops and Crocs out in the field, but it's... Quick pause. I know you guys can't see it because this is audio, but the look on Russell's face just now after saying I've seen the mechanic out in the field where Crocs was absolutely priceless. Absolutely priceless. And now back to the show. I'm pretty sure that there is, in fact, steel toe Crocs out there that are for purchase. I swear to God, or they were just somebody built them. I don't I don't know, but I have seen Crocs out in the field. It was crazy. But that said, that doesn't leave a taste in somebody's mouth uh, that's paying the bill and wanting us to, they're not going to want somebody to come back when they look like that out in the field. You find the old farmer, the old farmer that's been fixing anything for 30 years. And, and I, I work with one. Yes, he was always in uniform, but he operated, talked and carried himself like an old farmer. He was, he was almost never professional in that manner, but everybody loved him because he, always fixed whatever was broken and even if it wasn't a permanent fix he always had a fix for something so we have to be mindful that there are certain creative mechanic folk out there that are able to get the job done that don't necessarily represent visually what we expect but i think in the same regard we go back to the in uh, the original statement that we lead by example so if we have a shop of 10 and nine folks are tucked in, clean cut, well cleaned, and the chef's mantra that you know the the tummy's the tummy's dirty, but the sleeves are clean, kind of mantra. That way, when you go to actually touch the car, you don't leave grease spots, or you've got everything covered so you don't leave grease spots. We lead by that example. Is that is that helpful, Richard? What are you What are you guys doing in your store right now? Uh... That's pretty much it. We, like I said, Russell's post inspired me that I need to I need to step up to the plate and kind of set the example. Um, I just need a hammer at home and a couple of my guys like they they need to understand that you know this is it's not a job it's a career. This isn't something that you show up to just to punch a ticket and put your eight hours in. This is where it's a career. You can grow. You can grow within this career. You don't. You can't just look at it that you're going to be stuck on the bench, right? Guys can turn around and open their own business. They can do take courses. I know up here in Canada, they can, you can go for your blue seal if you want it, right? So that opens a whole mm -hmm. different that opens a whole different side to to the business aspect of it, right? You're not you're not solely stuck on the bench. You could go and work for. Uh, a manufacturer representative. You could go be a field service engineer. You could go uh, work for the equipment manufacturer. You could go work for Hunter, right? Selling mm -hmm. the lime machines and 
all that. You're not just limited to the bench. I mean, we don't have as much freedom as uh, down in the U.S. where we can, you know, flow between the the industries as so much. We have, but like, you're kind of without going to school for a lot of stuff, right? But at the same time, you, you can grow yourself on the bench. And really, that's, you know, I just, like I said, I have to set the example for them. Um, I have learning wise, but I need to, I myself need to hold myself accountable and, and step up and, and show them the physical appearance and the change in that aspect. I think, Russell, you basically do that when you're dealing with um, with your service. In the service, we talked previously about the the tools that you had at your disposal while in service and leading people. You had accountability things that you could utilize for them to go do. We don't necessarily have that same kind of outlet in the shop. and, And you and I have talked about this previously in terms of holding people accountable. I think for shop foremen, senior techs in shops everywhere, your example and then holding the rest of the team accountable on a regular basis. Like if if you've got someone like Richard on your shop floor, that's foreman, that's doing their best to hold everybody accountable for their actions. That includes what they look like. And and he's like, I've had this, these comments on my TikToks where, you know, we can have tattoos and we can have piercings and we can have all of these things. Yes, you can, but there is, and long hair and all the rest of it, but there is a, a fine line between having the things that maybe 50 years ago were taboo. And today the, the, the thing that hasn't changed is being professional. And there is a subtle difference between being dirty and being disheveled. And there's a subtle difference between being a mechanic and your language and being a professional mechanic and your language. It's one thing to cuss and swear like a sailor when we're in the shop, when there's nobody around except us. But we need to be mindful that more and more we're doing video MPIs. So somebody across the across the, the hall, as it were, working on the other side of the shop might be doing a video recording. So we, we may need to be more mindful of how we speak in the shop. And that goes for you out in the field as well, Marshall. If you're doing anything video to try and send to a customer, if your apprentice is, is, is 25 feet away at the other end of the truck, cussing away because he can't bang a bearing out, and you're doing a video, you're going to have to do it again and then again until you get something that doesn't have fuck this, fuck that in the background. Right. These are these are things that we have to lead by example in. And I, I'm the worst at dropping F-bombs on a regular basis. But this, I think, is all part and parcel to what you're asking, Richard. So I think maybe maybe so, I need to get myself my own swear jar. I don't know about the swear jar, but that is the end of today's episode, my fellow wrenches. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And thank you, gentlemen, for participating today. I really appreciate everyone. Subscribe to the Wrench Turners podcast on your streaming service of choice to make sure that you don't miss when the next episode, when it drops. And a little paperwork just to keep you guys apprised. 10 Mill Masteries goes out on Tuesdays. Wrench Turners podcast goes out Wednesdays. Mechanic Minutes on Thursdays. And Coach's Corner on Saturdays. Don't forget, Coach's Corner just went out a couple days ago. Check back, go back in, have a listen to that before you listen to today's uh, 10 mil mastery. Thank you again very much for listening. And remember, always clean your toys before you put them away. <laughs>